Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and I have my most favorite guest today. I'm Sarah Raymond. I got Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's super busy, but she allocated some minutes for me and you guys. So always uh, have time for you and the Mindful Movement community. So I will take advantage. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm nervous now. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. A little housekeeping before we get into today's topic. Uh, there is something new, a Q&A, a live Q&A for the member Oasis. Yes. Once monthly, a month. Monthly is a 90-minute call. We just had our first one last night, and it's a great place to connect with the community, uh, have your questions answered, uh, receive mm, small time of coaching, and just really be in the presence of like-minded people. So it was fun. We had a good time. Great. I'm excited for that to start yeah. and for people to take advantage. And when you say small time of coaching, for the listeners, Sarah can do a lot in a small time. And in fact, one of the things I want to talk about today is sharing kind of example of just yet again another time that you've helped me with something I'm going through. And, you know, it's, um, it's a precision work. Like um, for the listeners out there, 
everybody's experienced like psychological challenges, mental, emotional, and it's nice to have someone in your life that could kind of cut through the fluff and, and surgically get to <laughs> like an important um, concept to like explore. Yeah. And that was again really helpful for me. Well, if I could just interject for a second, I think that myself included, we all need someone who can see beyond what we see and know. And I always say, you know, working with a coach is like when you try to make a change and see what you need yourself, it's like you're looking at yourself with your nose pressed up against the mirror and the coach or some other helping professional that has experience uh, with uncovering the important parts that you might not be able to see is really just pulling that mirror away from yourself so you can see the answers that you already have when the mirror is not yeah. pressed up against your nose. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't need to be a coach. It could be a friend, Absolutely. Any, anybody to help you. I mean, I try to look at you not as my coach. Correct, yes. But we are married, and you are my best friend. So <laughs> as a friend, you get to pull the mirror back for me. I've shared recently on the podcast a little bit about what I'm going through with my dad. You know, we're... Um, and some context for those that haven't listened. You know, parents split up when I was young. Later, I realized, you know, there were feelings of abandonment for my dad not being there. And I guess that was, um, that wound was like re reactivated, reactivated actually many times through childhood as like, especially when I would get in trouble or something and I felt like I needed my dad to run towards me. He was like push away with the kind of like, I'm too mad to talk to you. And then that really came to fruition recently with a year and a half episode where he, uh, left, which just kind of reopened the wound of abandonment, I guess, but then recently has reconnected. So we've been going to therapy like every couple weeks, and it's been really challenging. Like there was one moment where I felt like, ah, I think we're making progress, <laughs> and then it was like, bam, into a wall. So it's been really challenging, and one of the things that I guess I was discussing with you, and I, I think that a lot of people will probably share something similar. This should at least resonate with a lot of people where, you know, ultimately you have an expectation of your parent being a certain way. And it's a little tough for me because I feel very willing to work on the relationships and work on myself. And I feel like, how is this going to work if I'm the only one doing the work yeah. in a way. And I, I remember, I'll never forget, years ago, earlier in like my own personal growth, you shared an analogy where our life is kind of like a puzzle piece and we have all these people, relationships, or activities that like fit. And then if you start to grow, if there's not some kind of parallel growth, then the mm -hmm. pieces don't fit. I would say parallel shift. Right, like in a jigsaw puzzle, the pieces fit tightly, and when you shift even subtly, whether it's growth or just change, you know, however you look at it, those aspects of your life, especially if they're 
other people need to shift in some way. In some way, right. Right? Right, just, yeah. Doesn't necessarily have to be like a equal amount of growth. Right. So in, in this instance, I think I was battling my head around that where how are we supposed to get somewhere different if if the other is going to just do the same thing? Like, yeah. you know, we have to do something different to get a different outcome. And the therapist recognized this. And on the way out, it was like, I felt kind of awkward because the sessions are together. And then at the end of the session, he let my father leave the room and he pulled me aside for like a minute. Right. Which was like a little weird because it seemed like it was... Like hiding something. Hiding something. And I was like, oh, that could be slighting to this man. And um, and he said, you have to, he mentioned, the therapist mentioned, we have to be able to recognize our limitations. Like there were, for instance. Your limitations? Limitations. Just he limitations. was referring to my father. Like, for instance, I would bring up something. Because there's this cycle where it's like, he'd get mad at how I react. And we're like, well, you ever think about how I, why I react that way? You know, there's 40 years of like these various levels of trauma because you know you were an alcoholic and you weren't there and you know you abandoned and judged and so forth so like i'd bring up something and he wouldn't remember and it was like something very meaningful to me and the act of him not remembering it was like very insulting it was like minimizing because instead of like i'd expect him to be like oh i did that to you i'm sorry Mm -hmm. I wish I hadn't have done that. I don't even remember. I'm ashamed I don't remember. Like, yeah. And instead it was like, well, I don't remember that. So like, that doesn't count. And that's like, man, that's effed up. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't remember, I'm just supposed to be okay with that. Right. And not react to that. So what was your interpretation? Or what did you, how did you understand what the therapist was saying to you? Well, he, well, he was implying, look, there's limitations like, you know, an, an elderly gentleman has limitations and one of those might be a lack of memory. So I think what he was trying to convey is like, we have to accept our current reality. You don't have to like it, but you at least have to accept what is right now. And then that, I don't know if it was that night. I think it was that night, maybe the next day we were chatting in the evening and um you had said something along the lines of you have to mourn the parent the loss of the parent that you felt you deserved yeah and learn how to be with the one that you have absolutely that is one of the teachings that my teacher has always offered and it stuck with me is incredibly important and powerful because as children we have I think every every single child no matter how you know rosy their child is they have moments where their needs are not being met by their their parents or their primary caregivers and at that stage or that age they don't necessarily have the uh the tools or the words to articulate what their needs are and therefore they can't be met. And oftentimes the parent doesn't have the tools or the understanding of how to meet those needs. And so we have this expectation of like, this is the parent that I want to need, 
and that's not who they are. But when you can, with living parents, grieve or mourn the loss of that expected parent, the parent that you desire, only then can you actually be with and experience the parent that you do have and the tools they have, the, the knowledge that they have, the, the way that they're showing up for you in your life. Yeah, letting go of that expectation, I think, is really challenging. Mm -hmm. And my bet is very few people don't have a little bit of that as a task in front of them if they want to, like, progress fully. Because how could you not have an expectation of your parent to be a certain way? Like, we have this innate thought of, like, how parents should be. Um, and, you know, there's lessons. And I, I know I discussed this years back in the podcast or maybe it was in one of those mindful tips that you know in, in all those like hardships that you face with your parent not meeting your expectation or your need there's the flip side of the coin is they're teaching you exactly what you don't want to do for your kid so it's helped me like when my son gets in trouble which doesn't happen much like I know oh I want to be the first one in line you know, I want to be the first one running to him, giving him the hug, saying, hey, I've done worse. Like, it's not a big deal. What do you need? Um, I want him to know that, like, the actions and behaviors isn't what determines, like, my love for him. So, like, the, the hardship you go through, like, every pain, every wound can have a gift. It's like, oh, I know I don't want to do that to my son. So you could be, you could find gratitude in those lessons, but, or, and it's still, <laughs> you know, these are tough lessons to learn. And at my age, 45 now, you know, you're grown up, you've gotten to the point where you're like, okay, I'm not the little kid that he abandoned on the doorstep at four years old or whatever. Like I've got through some of that, but you have to balance that with like, well, how much am I willing to put up with? And, and that's, and like, how do I set boundaries from here? Because yeah, I could accept that you're not, you didn't provide the needs I wanted. I forgive you. I understand you're limited. Your resources are limited. They, you know, they were, you have your own trauma. I could have compassion for like why he made decisions. And how do you juxtapose that? Or how do you balance that with, um, how do I go forward with making sure I, I am getting what I deserve and then I'm like protecting myself from more like unnecessary hurt. Like I don't want to walk into another wall of hurt. Right. Well, I think there's two things to address in what you just said. The first is that even though you've done a lot of work around healing that four-year-old version of you that was sitting on the step watching your father walk out the door and not understanding where that original abandonment abandonment wound was triggered even though you've done work around that that younger version of you can still get reactivated at times where a present day experience reminds you of that abandonment wound right so when in in a an argument with your father and he walks away 
it's not you at 45 re responding to your father. It's your four-year-old reacting because it, it like reopens that wound. So compassion for that and, and understanding and love and meeting that four-year-old version of you, meeting his needs of you're safe, you're okay, I got you, I love you unconditionally, I will never leave you. So that's step one. You mean uh, as a 45-year-old, like speaking to your four-year-old? Correct. Yeah, right. So you become the parent that you always wanted. Or you needed. And, needed. and you needed, right. Right. So that's number one. And then number two is around boundaries. Consider the boundaries. You're not setting a boundary of what you want your dad to do. You're not setting a boundary of how you want him to behave because... We don't have control over that. Right. But what you can do is very clearly uh, define or articulate or understand what it is that you want to be, who you want to be, I should say. Like if you could imagine and clarify the highest version of you that you want to become, the boundaries are protecting that version of you. So meaning... What does that look like? What does that look like? Good question. Other so, than I'm six foot two in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, have, if you had to choose some qualities of like your highest self, what would some be? Um... Like reliable to the people in my family, okay. I guess. Okay. Like Anything dependable. Else? Okay. To my loved ones. Anything else? I'm putting you on the spot here. Sorry. Um, caring, you know, uh, coming from a place of love and not fear. Okay. So let's use that. Oh, all of those are important and relevant, but coming from a place of love and not fear is important to you. So... When interacting with your father, if you feel, well, let me ask you, what would the emotion or the feeling be when you recognize this abandonment wound come up? Or like, what would a behavior be if you're aware a of A feeling that? would be like a not good enoughness, I guess. Okay. A, be a behavior would be, or, or like a feeling of not being seen or heard. Um... I mean, the behavior would be any reaction to that. Okay. Whether it be like a coping thing with like addiction or drugs or whatever. Okay. So which one of those things would you like to work with to set a boundary? I, I know that there's a tendency where when I feel unheard about like sharing my side of my needs that my tendency is to get louder. I think that's like my instinct to be heard. Okay. So I would like to be someone, I would like to show up in the world where I can be calm in my voice and my expression, mm -hmm. regardless of like that pain inside and not, and not like react um, and like wear my reaction on the outside. Sure. So create a statement or a boundary, almost like a, a user manual. If this, 
than this? What would the then this be? Like, how would you like to behave or show up? Does that make sense? Like, if yeah. I find myself getting loud in a, in a yeah. conversation with my dad, then... I mean, lately I've been leaning on some basic things when we're in the session and it's like triggery, I'll like, and I know they were seeing me do this. Like I'll, I'll slow down, take some slow breaths, try to relax. And then, and then like re-engage with a calm voice. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like absolutely. A strategy? If this, if I find myself getting loud with my dad in a therapy session, then I will pause and take three cleansing breaths or whatever it is that right. you've decided. And that boundary is essentially the protection of you becoming your highest self. That boundary is the protection. Like if you imagine like your, this is a little bit of a silly example, but your highest self is like a castle. Six foot two castle. A six foot gotcha. two castle. And the boundaries are like the moat around the castle. And you have essentially lifted the drawbridges and they, you know, can't get to the castle without you low, you choosing to lower the drawbridge. So three breaths is the is lifting of the drawbridge? Correct. I mean, it's a silly, right. like, you know, metaphor, but it... But you still like, uh, I feel like that's the transition. The breaths are like the transition to then. And it's that then after the breaths where okay. I feel a little foggy on, okay, how do I compose my words? After well, the, or... that practice allows you to choose to respond Instead in a way reaction, right? that is your you know adult self it's not your inner child reacting so I, it gives you time to reconnect and be like all right what do i want to be for my family yeah. i know i want to be loyal dependable whatever and i guess balancing that with i don't want to get hurt is nuance and mushy mm, say more about that well like you could be in a conversation with let's say i'm in a conversation with my father and you're trying to do these two things at once. Like you're trying to show up as you want to, and you're trying to navigate the boundaries and say, it, and it's like simultaneous. Could it be possible that the fear of getting hurt is your four-year-old and your, sure. your logical adult self knows that your father has limitations and knows that He's not intentionally trying right. to hurt you. Yeah, and part of me is like, there's a little pity. Like, I, I feel bad for him. Because, like, I know he's suffering through all this, too. Yeah. And, like, that would probably be helpful for me to connect almost. And maybe this is not ideal, but, like, it's like if you see someone with Alzheimer's and they forgot your name, it's like you're not going to get mad. Right. But your four-year-old self doesn't have the adult logic. The four-year-old still right? might get he, mad. The right? four-year-old self can't understand what Alzheimer's is. And they, he can't understand what those limitations are. But you, as your adult self, can. Mm -hmm. And the pause, the breaths, that's what allows you to show up 
as your logical resourced adult self. And what I would just add to this is that in a relationship, the one who is the most resourced has the most responsibility and has, has, how do I say this is like the one that's the most resourced is the one that you have the power to make things better. Right. Right. Yeah. And I guess that could be looked as a positive thing. Like, um, lucky you, you're awake (laughs) enough to see that and you could do something about it. Right. And what a gift of the challenge. Hmm. Some gift. Okay. Mm. Mm. Think about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So that when you show yeah. up in relationship with your son. It's a chance to be better at it. You've, you've had this experience to learn and grow and to... It might not feel like it in the moment. Most of our most valuable lessons don't feel like valuable lessons as we're learning them. But in reflection and hindsight, they're beautiful. You see why it's nice to have a Sarah in your life? I'm spoiled. Thanks. Um, In repayment, you can make me a delicious dinner tonight. Oh, how about that? Lucky me. Lucky you. (laughs) Lucky me, for sure. If I, you know, just with the people I work with where we don't touch on these things Mm -hmm. rarely because I'm working in a gym environment typically, I still see in all my clients, like every adult, like there's, I think everybody experiences something that's at least related to these types of like we're, it, I think we're it's all human, right? It's, I think it's so common, and um, I guess I'm glad that you could find the time so we could give Claire an example of like a lens that we could look at these mm. life st- challenges in, and that the audience could hear, and maybe just hearing that is enough to look at something in your life a little differently, pull your own mirror back a little bit. Say, oh, I see. I always get heated when my sister comes over for Thanksgiving, and like I know what this is from, or you know, maybe it could be um, useful. So, hopefully, y'all have get some value out of it. And I would like to do these more often. I know you're super busy, but uh, but let's make make it happen. You'll make time. I'm just the right amount of busy, just the right amount of busy. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we uh, wrap this up, put a bow on it? Uh, I would love to just thank you and acknowledge you for your willingness to have this conversation, your vulnerability, your openness. I mean, this is, you know, going out into the world and I appreciate you for that willingness and acknowledge you. And I know that a lot of people who have had the opportunity to listen to this will get value from it. And so thank you for that. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, that's it for today. So, again, if you want to do the live Q&A and maybe get 
10, 15 minutes of Sarah's um, emotional surgery on you, come to the Q&A's. Uh, yeah, for, that was about how much time we just spent. Yeah, it's like you could really get a lot Absolutely. done. Um, Absolutely. I, and I would just recommend coming with a specific question so that we can jump right in. Sweet. So often I don't even need a whole lot of background information. You know, I always ask context questions when I need to, but when you have a very specific question, we can get right to it and it's very effective. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. And hope you have an awesome day. Bye-bye.